And now, here's your host, Alessandra Torresani. Christy Desai, what a beautiful name. Where is the origin of that name? So um, my husband's parents are from India. So oh my gosh, fabulous! In Jersey, but they're from India, and it's a very common Indian last name. So oh my gosh, often people will be like, "Oh, are you related to Doctor Desai?" And it's like that's like saying, "Are you related to Doctor Johnson yeah. or Doctor Murphy?" <laughs> or like very common last names. Um, so they're less common to people in America, but super common in, in parts of India. Oh my gosh! Well, I am so excited. I actually have such a strong connection to India. Well, I have never been. I don't know if you have. Um, one of my dear friends has a company called a foundation called the Minds Foundation, and his name is Dr. Raghu Apasani, and he helps out a lot on this this podcast, helping Amazing. me out. Um, but he is a oh my gosh, I'm going to butcher. Is he a psychologist or a psychiatrist? See, these Does are he write things. prescriptions. Yes. So then he's a psychiatrist. There you go. He's a psychiatrist. He's the good. It's kind. hard to know that there, there are little so yeah, there's lots of little things to it's, keep track of. It's so hard, and he's fantastic. And so, um, long story short. He just does so much for the community. He works in Los Angeles at a few different hospitals, LA County Hospital. He does like God's work, honestly. Um, but he started this foundation to bring awareness to mental health to India. And so, you know, our whole thing, I, I told him, I was like, my dream is to be famous in India. Um, and I was- Do a Bollywood movie? Like, have you, literally, do you watch those? They're the best. I love them. <laughs> it's my favorite. I can't even tell you how obsessed I am. I literally, okay, so- Side note too, I was on Big Bang Theory and um, the the guy who I was with, who I was on the show, who was my lover, um, <laughs> was Indian. And so, which I'm, and I've dated many an Indian man. I love the Indian men. Um, and so it, I kind of like blew up in India because of that. And so- You're kidding me. Yes. Okay, that is the coolest thing yeah. ever. <laughs> and Raghu was like, we have to make you famous in India. So anytime he has these world panels that take place in India with all these different famous, um, you know, writers and, and doctors and people who have different types of modalities that they work in mental health. They always ask me along. So I was in their like version of Variety magazine as like actress Alessandra Torsani. And I was like, I've made it. <laughs> so my dream is to take this podcast on the road in India oh and go and do gosh. different interviews with I people come over with there. You. Right? That would be so incredible. And it's so just so incredible. fascinating because I actually have had a few guests who have been from India on the show and we've talked about how different, um, you know, mental health is perceived there and, mm -hmm. and how it's very shameful, you know, if you will, to talk about it. Mm -hmm. And speaking of the Bollywood actors at, at the time, one of the women that I was interviewing who, who, uh, lives in, I, where I'm trying to, I'm blanking where she lives. Anyways, in India somewhere, and I apologize profusely that I don't know, but um, one of the Bollywood actors had actually died by suicide. And it had come like that week mm -hmm. and it had come up and she was talking about how he was completely criticized and that they turned it around and they were like, no, 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 that's not what happened. You know, it must've been something else. And, you know, he was a bad person if that's the truth. And it was so wild to hear this side of, you know, how people here, we would just be like, oh my God, why did no one help? Where was the, you know? And so to hear that side of it, it was just really fascinating. And, and that's why I love so much meeting and interviewing different people from all over because you learn so many different facts. Oh yeah. How, how, 
how mental health, how shame, how all that shows up in different cultures and really impacts people. I mean, that's kind of the narrative and the lens that they grew up with. Yep. And so it informs how they feel and think yep. about it as well. And then whether or not they get help or suffer or, yeah. you know, it's like, yeah, yeah it yeah. matters. It's crazy. Have you ever been to India? No. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I haven't. I, um, it's on our list. We, yeah. We will. Um, I have three kids. So there was. A, a you have three was, children? Yes. And Were I, you a child bride? <laughs> I was. What? <laughs> yes. I, I laugh, but it was. Yeah. I've been married for um, 19 years. So almost 20 what? years. And I was 20 when I got married. You are kidding me. Yeah, I was total child bride. I, I say, you know, I just didn't know better. And my husband's six and a half years older. So I used to say he was old enough. He should have known better. Yeah. And then well, I was like, oh, well, yeah, he wasn't old enough either. He was 26. <laughs> yeah, we were both. Yeah, we I were pretend both I'm a child bride because my husband's almost 10 years older than me. But that was very different. I was 33 when I got married. So very different. Um, yes. Oh, my gosh. What was that like? Were you, was your family like, what are you doing? Or his family was like, what? <laughs> right, right. I mean, poor them. Yeah, they were like, "What on earth?" She and uh, she hasn't even graduated college. And like, I got trying to explain. Well, I'm not old enough to graduate college. And they're like, "That's our point." Oh <laughs> it was my like gosh. this sort of like, "You can't. You're not it. You know, you can't do that. You haven't even finished college, and you know, you don't know how to cook." And it's like. Yeah, no, I don't know how to, I still to this day don't know how to cook. Well, that's okay. Is, you don't have to know how to but cook. But in Indian culture, that's like a, you know, Big the bar deal. is, yeah, yeah, like you've got to know how to cook, especially if you're going to get married. Did you just like know that he was the one? You know, I think, it, I mean, it's so fascinating having been married for 19 years, now becoming a therapist and looking back at right. that time, it was like, did, I mean, then, yes, I thought he was the one. I mean, it was pretty instant. I mean, yeah. he had... He never dated America. He was born and raised in Jersey, wow. had American friends, but he, you know, just sort of was under the impression you don't, I'm not going to date or marry outside of my culture. Yeah. And so he had a lot riding on us dating. Yeah. And so I don't think we would have ever even started to date if we didn't think there was something there. Something serious. Yeah. I was actually just thinking like we met kind of, um, right after, well, we had met the summer right before September 11th. Wow. And so I, I almost wonder if like, I, I was like, I need to talk to him about this because September 11th has been on my mind. And I was wondering if like, if that kind of gave him a little bit of an urge mm. to kind of like, well, I'm going to, I'm going to live my life or date who I want right. to date. And um, be an and American of, in a sense. Yeah, yeah. And wake of everyone. Like he was in the city. We were at that time. I was not in the city. I had flown home to Kansas to see family um, and was due to fly back to New York city, um, September 11th. And then we ended up having to drive. Um, but I say all that cause I'm like, I don't, I wonder if he, that's where he kind of got the yeah. gumption to be like, I'm going to date. And I it's so date funny, or, right. That you don't even, that now 20 <laughs> years later that it's coming to it you. Just, yeah. I just wondered, I was like, I wonder if that influenced anything because it was a really scary thing that he did. It was a really brave thing right. that he did. And I, again, I was from a small town in Kansas. I, I just sort of assumed I'm sure like they'll get to know me and you know, I, it, might take some time, but who, right. who doesn't love me was kind right, of what I was right. telling my like 20 year old right. self. Um, and, but, but, you know, I mean, it was, it is, it was hard to merge, um, our cultures and to, to sure. kind of learn about each other and find ways to, um, respect one another's differences. And of and, course. And I have to say, as speaking as someone who dated a lot of Persian men in my day, um, you know, I, I, it's so funny because I never was, they, the family was always very kind to me the, of the men that I dated and in and, and very serious relationships. Um, but it was always an understanding of that's great, but you will not marry a non-Persian girl. Mm -hmm. um, and it's funny to look at it now because they actually are all, you know, 15 
X amount of years later, um, they actually are all married to Persian women. Um, so it's it's so it's so wonderful from from my point of view to see your story and how brave and incredible your husband was to be like, you know what, this is my life, and I choose to live it the way that I want to. And I'm not saying that my exes aren't probably very happy. I don't speak to them. <laughs> they miss you. Listen, as far as I'm concerned, they're dead to me. It's so funny. I saw a meme and it was like, um, how often do you think about your ex and someone then posts and they said something like, oh, no, no, mine's been deceased for like 20 years or something. And that's how I feel. They're they're all like, they've all moved on past their life. But, it's, but it is so, so, so wonderful. And I love that. And I love that you've embraced the culture. And I just, that's so great. Do you have your kids be very involved in the Indian culture as well? You know what? Honestly, I mean, it's a bit sad, but they were born and raised in America and yeah. I'm their mom. So yeah. I, you know, so they, they, they're not dual link speak language speaking. You know, I think it's easier sometimes that the mom speaks another language. Much easier. Um, so, so they, I think that they identify more as American, mm-hmm. um, but know that they have you know, that they're part Indian and they know right. they have beautiful skin coloring and oh like, my gosh, they're they, probably I think, the most gorgeous children in the entire world. <laughs> they, I, they love, they love being unique in that way. Right. And they all have Indian names. So <gasps> oh. yeah, my daughter's name's Avani. And so Avani, mm-hmm. that is the most beautiful name. It's Avani. <gasps> so we did like an, we did a, um, an Indian first name and then a, an American middle name. Oh my gosh. How um, unique and we, and so we made, we were like, well, we'll for sure name any girls that we have in case they, if they were to ever get married and change their last right. name like because again size and an Indian right. identifier but um so we so we named her and then we had two boys and after we named her Avani it's like how do you name somebody Jake or John or Ryan or yeah, <laughs> yeah so we this Chad so we, <laughs> so we kept with the Indian theme and we tried to make it like easier each name um so yeah, we are. My son's name is Chander. Oh, so cute. technically, probably Kinda Chander. Chad. Kind of Chad. <laughs> we tried to make it easier. We're like rhymes with Sander, Chander. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then we got even easier with Dev. Oh, I love Which is still Indian, but it's, it's, it's so easier. chic, though, yeah. Dev. But Dev, like Dev Patel. Yes. Oh, just like, what yeah, a beautiful I was, like, name. Laying on the sofa, super pregnant, really tired. And E.T. like pops up and they're interviewing Dev Patel. And I was like, there we go. There's his name. You're like, oh my gosh, this is it. Oh my gosh, how funny that that's how it was. Well, I, I try just, not to overthink things. No, <laughs> especially I'm sure when you're pregnant, and it's the last kid, thing that you like, care yeah. about. Yeah, you're like, it's fine. <laughs> this is so fascinating. I had no idea any of this about you. And I'm just like, feel like I'm. Learning so much, and I'm so excited. I have so many questions now, knowing this. Well, it's so funny. It all started with my last name, right? Like, where's your last name from? But But that's it's literally that's what's so important about names. I think names are so killer and so awesome because there's so much history behind it. Exactly. Now, does your husband now? I mean, obviously, he's not here, so he can't answer this, but does he find he identifies? Yes, he's in quote out of quote. American because this is where he's from, right? And all this. Does he identify with the Indian culture as much or is it kind of like, oh, it's nice. It's part of my history, but, but, but I have a different world now. No, I mean, I think he very much, I mean, because that is his history, I think he will always feel and be Indian. Um, you know, he's often perceived from like tons of different ethnicities and and cultures and minorities. So there's always this kind of other people can't place him, but he fully can place himself in like, I am Indian. And his best friend from childhood lives nearish by and um, also Indian. And so, yeah. So, I mean, it's fun to you know, to hear them sort of reminisce and tell their stories and what it was like growing up in New Jersey as an Indian kid, you know, um, and all those things that that entailed. And again, 
back then it was even harder than it is now because yeah. they grew up in a small town. There weren't a lot of Indian kids. Um, and so, yeah, they, I mean, I think there's a bond over who they are and what they, where they come from and oh what gosh. they survived and, um, you know, finding their place in this kind of dual, dual identity, right? right. Where, you know, first generation often, sometimes it's kind of, they can, they are who they are mm-hmm. and, and they're someone maybe a little different when they're at school or with their friends right. and then they come home and it's in, it's like coming into a whole new world, right? The old world. Right. And, um, and so, and then they can just, you know, and they easily step into that and it's, 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 it's they're all of those things, yeah. right? So it's, I mean, it's, I think it's really cool to have that complexity and mm-hmm. that nuance and to, um, and I, you know, I wish that I were more, you know, informed in terms of like speaking other languages and different cultures that is hard because, isn't it but I mean think of all the things that like it, it just how it broadens and enriches your world like yeah. it's just it's so so I envy him in that way but he definitely you know was born and raised in America feels American but mm. will forever and always be Indian right right Does that makes sense it, it completely makes sense now is he in the mental health field as well no, he okay. works in fi- <laughs> he works in finance, and um, he is he's new to to understanding really right yeah. right yeah. So it was kind of one of those things where I mean, a long time ago, we lived in New York City, got married so young, had our first, and it was you know again trying to bring families together, trying to understand you know, my role as a mom, right. his role as you know all those sorts of things. And so I found a therapist, um, looked through our insurance, found an air, uh, found a therapist show up of course she doesn't take her insurance but never does <laughs> I know that's where, never does that's where she was. <laughs> but we first went to go to couples therapy and right. so he he went a few times he but then ultimately he was like I'm not committing to this I'm not showing up once a week right so then she became my therapist and I oh, went wow. like so I went for a year by myself and this was after you had your your daughter yeah so my daughter did was you find like, now this this is a, a little off, but I, I I am yet to be a mother, but I have a lot of friends that are, and they find the need that, where they're not involved in therapy, and then they have their babies, and it's not that they necessarily are diagnosed with a severe postpartum depression, but they almost feel this lack of, um, and not support, because I don't want to say that because their partners are incredible, but there's something's missing. There's like a missing link. Mm-hmm. Did you kind of find you were missing something? There was certainly a loneliness, right? Yeah. So like at, being with, uh, you know, being with your child, which is amazing, but also it, everything, everything changed. Right. Um, and, and then there's just this pressure of what it means to be a mom and how, what does right. that look like? Am I, am I showing up in those ways? And that's all manufactured, right? right? right. I mean, the nice right. thing about therapy was like, oh, I can still be the same person I was. Yeah. I I can still listen to the music I did. I don't have to listen to like baby songs or, you know, like, but for me, You're like there, enough of this. for me, there was a, a lot of this pressure of like, this is what a mom is and this is what I should do yeah. and trying to fit into that. And it didn't work. Um, but kids can bring up so much. And so even if you seek out therapy, when you, if, if you don't seek it out, when you have a baby, like mm. that's young, often around middle school or high school, parents can start to get triggered off mm. of their own past from when they were in middle school or high school and wow. seek out therapy at that point because it brings up so much. Um, and so that's if you've such had a trip, I never even thought about that. That would be, wow. Yeah. If you haven't processed your, st- some of your stuff, or yeah. if it's still just like, you know, it doesn't feel fresh because it feels like it was so far away. But then when your kid's going to school and if they're coming home sad, if they're getting picked on, or if you're scared, you know, they're going to get feel pregnant it. or, you know, what, yeah. whatever it could be like, you start to 
you know, relive or bring up or kind of sit in all that stuff that you said in years ago. Oh my gosh. Um, I didn't is unresolved. think twice about that. That's wild because there were so many things. I mean, I've been lucky enough to be able to process a lot of shit, like a lot of shit. Um, but I'm sure it must be so wild for people who forgot about being maybe bullied when they were a kid and then they see their child be bullied and it triggers something inside of them. And wow. So sure. therapy, really, that was your first insight to therapy. That Yeah, I was so luckily I was young. I was because I, I started so young. I was, <laughs> I was, you know, 23 or something the first time I went to wow. therapy and I went for a year and I kind of thought, well, I can't do this for, for the rest of my life. Right. Like, surely I'm done. Right. I, I ended up having to ghost that therapist because, <laughs> no. yeah, because I would say like, you know, I think I'm done. Like I wanted to say, so I think, you know, I, I, I feel much better. I feel yeah. like I've gotten some resolution around some of these yeah. things. I feel like I have my footing underneath me and I think I'm done. And then it would kind of turn into, you know, an exploration, interpretation of like, you know, do I feel entitled to have therapy? Am I right. finding my voice? Because I would say like, well, it's really expensive. So I talk about like cultural, you know, um, shame and different things. But my husband was, we had, we could have submitted out of network benefits, mm -hmm. but my husband was like, no, we're not submitting this to work. Like, I don't want anyone to know you, you go to therapy. I don't want anyone to know we went to wow. therapy. And so we paid out of pocket, although we could have got reimbursed. Oh my God. <laughs> You're like all this money. Where did it go? Yeah, so <laughs> exactly. So I was like, I, I, I did it for a year. Like that was my investment. That's, and so I'm done. And, um, sh but again, it would just sort of get, we would just start to interpret it. And what does that mean? And yeah. so I just had, I just, ghosted her after like kind of five times of trying to say goodbye over the yeah. course of a, a couple of months. Um, so that was my first experience with therapy. Wow. And I thought like I would never need to do it again or yeah. anything. But then I had a girlfriend who, I mean, fast forward 10 years yeah. later, I owned a business. It was a mommy and me concept that I opened um, in LA that I brought from New York. Oh my gosh. Amazing. What was it called? It was called Kidville. So okay. it's a franchise concept. I bought the franchise, um, brought it to LA because I lived in New York. I took my kids there. I'm like, what, why isn't there one in LA? Right. So I ended up opening it and had an awesome experience. But then I was stressed and busy and mm -hmm. like was a mom and a business owner and had employees and I felt a little in over my head. And mm -hmm. so I had a friend in passing mentioned that she had a therapist. And so I was like, Ooh, let me talk to your therapist. That sounds kind of delicious. Yeah, like, exactly. I need this I right like, now. I've done that before. Yeah. I could do this again. It had been about 10 years since the last wow. time. And so I found the therapist. I, she, she I was actually expecting. So she said, just so you know, I'm, I'm really pregnant. I'm going to go on maternity leave in about <laughs> You're like, Great. six weeks. I was like, perfect. I just want to come five, six yeah. times. <laughs> and that was over seven years ago. No. <laughs> yeah. And, and I literally became a therapist because I had this life-changing experience <gasps> in therapy. Um, and so it was, th you know, I'm with the same therapist. I, she absolutely changed my, my oh life. Oh my gosh. And um, that's why I wanted to be a therapist because I'm like, wow, like I, I didn't even know I needed therapy. Like right. I had, I was like, oh, that sounds nice. Let me get, let me do this a couple of times. Right. Didn't even know I needed therapy. There were so many things I was unaware of. There were so, so many ways I was asleep in, in my relationship but just even to myself, you of know, course. I mean, that's the thing. And, and, you know, I always use the example over and over, you know, if you're on a plane and it's going down, like you have to put your mask on first before you help someone else next to you. And, exactly. you know, the same thing, if you want to be the best wife, if you want to be the best mom, the best daughter, the best son, whatever it is, you have to take care of yourself. A thousand percent. You know, because otherwise everything is going to crumble around because you need to have the strength to be able to have the 
tools to be like, okay, you know what? I need to take a step back right now. This doesn't make me a bad partner. This doesn't make me a bad mom. It just is what it is. Yeah. Sometimes I think therapy gets the, the a bad rap for maybe being selfish or like mm-hmm. it's, nas- it's, na- it's navel gazing and like, right. well, you know, like, oh, you only think about yourself. But honestly, it's in thinking about yourself that you are so much better for everybody you're else. present. Yeah. yeah. So it, it, it's still, it's like about you for everyone, <laughs> which is kind of, you know, it doesn't, it's feels no, a little it, ironic, but it, it truly does end up working that way. Like, absolutely. And I think that you're, you're right on the nose where people do feel, you know, those who are not involved in the mental health community, as I wasn't for a long time, you know, it was like, oh my God, how many times can you go to therapy? Like, please, like, can't you get fixed already? What's the problem? And it's not like going to a doctor with your broken leg and, you, you know, you got to get the cast first and all this. It is a lifelong journey and you may need to take a step back and you may want to take a step back and that's great. But you always seem to find yourself back into therapy, which is exactly what happened to you. Did you ever when you had that kind of aha moment of, oh, I want to do this. I want to help others. Mm -hmm. Was there ever a part of you that was like, it's too late. I'm not 20 years old anymore. Or because I find that to be my biggest struggle is, you know, I, I, I've been acting since I was a kid. I don't know any different. Mm -hmm. I had to defer every college that I got accepted to because I was working. And now looking at, I'm like, oh my God, if I wanted to have a real job, I'd have to go back to school and do all that. Is it too late at 34? You know, this is stuff that I struggle with and I know so many others struggle. So what kind of made you pivot and be like, I can do this? Well, I never go into most, most things I never go into with the full, the full picture in mind, <laughs> right? Like I literally ignorance is, bl- in my, for, in my world, ignorance has served yeah. me well. And so I just take off like bite-sized stuff. So it was, I didn't for sure. I mean, I thought I wanted to be a therapist, but I didn't really know it was like, oh, I have kids and I'm ex- everything right. you said. It's like, what, you know, is, is this odd? And you know, I'm already quote unquote done, or I've done this thing right. or, or also like I had when I lived in New York City, I went to cosmetology school. So I, I had done hair. I owned You've a business. It was right. kind of like, and now I'm going to go to- You've lived many alive and <laughs> great lives. Right. But then I'm wondering, yeah. okay, so what's wrong with me? Like, does right. this mean something? Can I not finish? And right. Do I, you know, what, you're kind of sort of always wondering. But the truth is, I have a lot of interest mm-hmm. and everything really did feel like it led up to becoming a therapist. But I didn't know that in the beginning. And so what I did was I just, um, and of course, I'm talking about all this in therapy yeah. nonstop, yeah. right? <laughs> and my therapist was, you know, recommended the school I went to and all, you know, based off of her experience and all that stuff. But I just told myself I can commit to, um, doing a, doing the first semester, right? right? I can commit to taking some courses and see how that goes. And, and so that's what I started with. And then that first semester I absolutely loved. And even at one point, I, I mean, I, I remember this because I'm still a little <laughs> angry about it, but my husband was like, you're not like, so I'm like almost done with my grad program. And he's yeah. like, but like, are you like, so you're going to do all the hours now? Like you're really going to do this? And it was like, fuck you. You're like, what do you yeah. think I did all this yeah, for? Exactly. It was like, no, the first semester it was like, let's see where this goes. But right. after that first semester, it was pretty obvious. Like I, like this had, it was, it felt like home. It was like, this is what I want to do. This right. is exactly what I see myself doing. This is what I didn't know I wanted to be. Um, but feel fortunate that I had found it. Well, and I think that's also important for for people to hear, you know, for those listening, you know, even the most supportive people in your life, I mean, don't get me wrong, my husband's in the other room, so I can't be too loud. But, <laughs> and he's like, I, I probably won't listen to the episode. No, he will. Um, but, you know, there, there's never been a time where he's like, 
oh, you can't do that. But it's like, oh, you really think you're going to follow through? Like, <laughs> it's a little laced with it, right? It's a little <laughs> laced with something. And it, and I know that it doesn't mean to be negative. It doesn't mean to be mean. None of that. It's just he kind of knows my patterns, right? We've been together for so long where I get so excited to do something and I jump on it and then I get bored within three seconds and I stop and then yeah. I can't follow through. And, you know, I live with bipolar disorder. So for me, that's a very big struggle and that is a side effect for me where I, you know, have these grandiose ideas and I put all this money and I invest into it and then I don't follow through. It's something mm -hmm. that's a big problem with me. So when I, when I do follow through with things, he's like, yeah, see, you can do it. You just have to commit. You have to do the work. And that's exactly what you did. You committed and you did the work, but you also have to be passionate about something if you are going to go through with that. And I think that a lot of people, you know, yes, we all need our bread and butter. We all need to eat and we all need to have jobs. But if you are going to do something that is such a big risk, make sure that you love it and you put that time and energy into it. And that's exactly what you did. Yeah. And also give yourself permission in case you don't end up loving it. Or if and you're that's like, okay. I, yeah, yeah. There's always something to be gained, right? right? So, I mean, even with the um, first franchise concept that I did, Kidville, I mean, I, I loved it. I wanted to do it, but it also was kind of, I didn't do it forever. I sold it back to the franchisor and I went and got my right. master's in clinical psychology because it was like that just, it didn't feel like it was a forever it thing. It didn't fill you. Yeah. Yeah. It did. Yeah. And so it was one, but everything I learned from doing that informed my, informed me and mm -hmm. my, all, uh, my thinking and all my decisions when it came to opening OK Humans. Oh my gosh. So I know. So we have to get into this. Okay. So OK Humans, can you please let us know what is OK Humans? We have the hat on the table <laughs> right now. It is just the cutest little thing. I got to post this because it's so sweet. Um, I got so lucky, just so you know, I, I don't know... It, this is so funny because we've met before at your event, but I got a message on Instagram, a random DM. I never look at DMs because I always get sent um, foot pictures. <laughs> like it's this weird thing. I don't know why it's so nasty. Guys send me pictures of their feet. Don't send me pictures of your feet anymore, please. Oh um, so I never open my DMs, For but I had reason. seen something and someone was inviting me and I go, oh, okay, I'm going to click this. And it was for okay humans. It was for your opening party. And I was like, oh, this is so funny. And I, I had written two of my girlfriends and I said, do you want to go? You know, I, I don't know what that's going to be like. Also, first event post-COVID, so that was really fun. Because yes. I was like, oh, my God, there are people. This is exciting. There's energy. Like, there's music. Like, you had great teas, by the way, just as a side note. I don't know <laughs> what is in that tea, but it was magic. Oh, um, that's tea drops. That really is magic. Oh, yeah. My God, it was so good. But I, you know, was so fascinated by this this concept of what okay humans is. So please, I, I, in your words, explain what this is for everyone out there. Yeah. So we, it, I mean, we're, we are a therapy practice, right? So we have a 10 to 11 therapists um, currently, and we we made it so much easier to get to those therapists right. because we're more affordable. So private practice in LA can often be 250 or more. Yeah, and so, more. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes, or more. Um, and so we, so if you are a member, which means you commit to, you, you, 
buy four sessions mm-hmm. um, for the month, which never expire, and you can gift to other people, which is like, <laughs> oh my gosh, <laughs> yeah, that's which fabulous. Is, which is nice because everyone knows someone who can right. also, uh, right. like, here, try this. Like, that's stop jumping like on me. Here, go. <laughs> you go. Yeah, we have gift cards too. But if you wanted to be a member, our pricing stays at 124 per session. Okay. So it's much more reasonable, much more reasonable than um, private practice. And then if you have um, benefits, out of network benefits, we do everything for you. But that's one of those are some of the ways that we've made it more easy with pricing. But we have this beautiful space and we're on San Vicente, which is next to Pisana and Susie mm-hmm. Cakes in Brentwood, which is not a bad place to be because you're next to the best pizza in Los Angeles. So, oh, my gosh. So, so I'm sure good. after every therapy session, people stop to get a piece of pizza <laughs> or a cupcake. Yeah, it's, it's 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 nice. Like you you can kind of do your work and then and then do the, the other part of like yeah, treating <laughs> yourself, the, yeah, the, the healing, the emotional, the, the eating and the healing. Yeah, no. Um, so. So, but we have a little wellness shop in the front, but behind our wellness shop and everything in there is like the hat and some stuff to support people on their like wellness journey. Right. And for, it's just, it's open to anyone. So it's not just people that are coming for therapy, but then you go around the corner to our lounge and then we have our therapy suites and it's, it's therapy, like what everyone thinks of as therapy, but we were passionate about making it visible and on mm-hmm. a storefront to help normalize and destigmatize therapy. And again, make it easier for people to get there because mm-hmm. we know that therapy helps people and it like changes lives and it ch- yeah. you know changes communities and all well, that and stuff. I have to say what I think what you did so well with okay humans from a brand perspective right I'm not I am not in marketing I am not in any of that world um, but I am a sucker for a good logo I am a sucker for a good tagline a good Instagram like I just I, I love that I love the simplicity and beauty and what you've done is you've curated such a beautiful building and safe space like it just feels the second that you walked in there I just felt overwhelmed with such a warmth and a comfort and I think that you know while I love my my therapist and and all of that it's sometimes very hard for me to go into a medical building mm-hmm. where the office next door is a dentist and I don't like the dentist. <laughs> right. um, and literally across the hall from her is my dermatologist. Right. So it's also so confusing when you go and you're like, oh, I'm going into a doctor's office. And sometimes you don't want to feel like something's wrong with you. A thousand percent. That that keeps people away from therapy sometimes. I mean, that was our premise. We are like, what if? And we had talked to a lot of uh, millennials and Gen Zers and people who are more comfortable with therapy and more passionate about it. Right. And they wanted a place that felt comfortable and inviting yeah. and like that was more representative of their aesthetic and who they were. And, right. and they're not ashamed of it. They are really proud about doing their, doing their work and taking care of their shit. Yeah. And so that, that was kind of what we kept hearing, which mm-hmm. is like, when I go into a doctor's office, it immediately makes me feel like, Oh no, what's wrong? What am I going to find out? Like it becomes yes. a scarier it's sc- process it's than so it needs scary. to be. It's so scary. And even the cutest remind me what you say, because on what it says on the mirror you have like your cute little makeup wipes and it says something on the mirror and it was just like the cutest thing because you always feel so awkward crying in therapy I know that sounds so awkward to say like you feel awkward doing it but you do yeah yeah which is I, I feel like I part of my job is just to normalize like 
you're not the only person to cry here. Yeah. A lot of people cry here. Like people hold on to everything for so long and for, and so tight. And then when they get there, it's just kind of like they can just a release. Right. right? And, right. The, and the tears often, not always, not for everyone, but the tears often come, but people can, are, they kind of surprise themselves right. when they sit down and maybe it's the first time or maybe the third time, but they're yeah. like, I, and everyone is always like, I don't usually cry this much. I promise. Yeah. And it's like, it's okay. If you, yeah. I mean, like you're obviously but crying it's a little shameful, you, need- you know, it feels like a shame. And I, and I, and I know that I, I'm someone that cries at commercials, but when I cry in therapy, that's when I get really embarrassed, which is so funny. It can be easier to cry, like when you're a little removed or separated from something, which is sometimes why like we recommend like watch a commercial, go watch a movie. Like, you know, you'll identify with some of those underlying feelings and themes that are sometimes harder for you to feel yourself. Right. But you, but you're feeling them vicariously through this, this, this movie or whatever. And so you can kind of emote in that way, Yeah, but it can be, you know, I mean, a lot of therapy is just getting comfortable with the discomfort of like, shit, this hits home. This is like uncomfortable. I feel, you know, whatever I feel, but it just doesn't, whether it's embarrassing because you're so vulnerable or, or whatnot, but you know, hopefully like the work is to build up to just getting more comfortable with that and knowing that it's okay and that you're with a safe person. And, Mm -hmm. um, but it can be really vulnerable to be seen. I mean, one of the benefits of therapy is being seen, but that's also the, like the the flip side of that is like, it's so so scary. scary. I know. And so you also partnered up with the, the, the woman who created dry bar. And for those who don't know, dry bar is it's amazing. You literally <laughs> go in, you, they wash your hair, they dry it, they style it, they make you cute. You're in and out of there so fast. And you're like, how did this happen? So great. Um, but what I think is so fantastic about that. And that's one of the first things that I had read when I was invited to your event, because I thought, wow, this is exactly what we need. We need therapy to be so common and so normal and so cool that it could be franchised like a dry bar. And when it's explained as therapy, you know, dry bar type of situation, it's like, oh, wow, this is right how we want it to be right in the nose. And I like what you said, because it's really about making it more accessible and more normal. It's not like you come in, you talk to a therapist and you talk to a different therapist next week. Once you find the therapist you want to work with, you stick with that therapist, you build the relationship with that therapist. You're doing all the work that you would anywhere else in a private practice Mm -hmm. um, or in any other setting. Like I think sometimes people think they hear, you know, we partner with dry bar. So they're like, oh, so then like, this isn't real therapy. It's like, no, the the therapy is real. Very real. (laughs) The benefit of partnering with dry bar and having their genius behind um, Cam Webb, who did the marketing for dry bar, um, also did our marketing, did the marketing for squeeze which is another sister company which right is which is the massage city yep. and amazing massages and so the point of all of that is is like again just like getting your hair blown out just like going to massage just like going to um the gym or anything else it's like this is part of a wellness routine that yep. is foundational to help to help you and right. so we do want to make it normalized we do want to make it easier we want to be visible we want people to know like it's totally okay to go yeah. to therapy yeah. Oh my gosh. So what is, you know, what is the goal with OK Human? We just want to help people. <laughs> we want as many people that we, that want to come and, and it was, you know, we've got a lot of, most of our um, clients on average are around 32 years old. Uh-huh. So a lot of them have been to therapy for the first time, wow. which we're super <gasps> excited about because we are getting people who, whether it's been on their list for a long time and they just haven't done it because yeah. it's a rigmarole to try to, right. does anyone right. say that word? Anymore? No, yeah, I say that word actually. And I always say it wrong. So I appreciate that you said it I was like, and oh, we I got it out 50. there. <laughs> I guess I'm almost 40, but 50 still sounds old, but I know it's not. Um, 
But yeah, I, we just want to make it easier for people to, again, get there. And that's what seems to be happening. A lot mm-hmm. of people have walked by, have driven by, they're in the neighborhood. And so it's kind of wild because we didn't know exactly what was going to happen when we opened right. it. But so far, I mean, that's, we're getting sort of the exact clientele that we that you thought wanna, we yeah. would get, that we thought, hey, I think there's a hole here. And there, mm-hmm. there are people that would go to therapy that can't, you know, just don't have the time and energy to continue to look for somebody. Right. And, um, um, and, 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 or don't like the idea of going into like a medical building and like having to sit right. with like, oh my gosh, this is this more severe than, I mean, uh, like even our onboarding system. So we ask some questions to get to know you and stuff, but we try to make that as simple as possible because sometimes when you go to a therapist and you do the intake, <sighs> it's like they, the questions they ask are like, oh, okay. Like they talk you out of going to therapy because you're like, oh, well, I'm not that severe. I'm not hearing voices in my head, you know? And so- that is, <laughs> uh, no, I really appreciate that you say this because I have this, this, this whole thing that I talk about with some friends of mine who we are all in the mental health field, how you can be criticized for not being bad enough, right? They're like, oh, you're bipolar, but you're not, you haven't had suicidal ideations in the past five years. I don't know if you really should be here. It's like, what? Like we can all suffer and we can all go, even if it's the most minute little issue that you have, it could be the biggest thing in the world to you and it needs to be addressed exactly the same. And so you're right. It's that onboarding is so important. So I love that you are working on that. Yeah. I think I honestly, I think that was my experience, right? So I was like one of five, grew up in Kansas. I had friends, I played sports, I did okay in school. So it was like, I was an afterthought for my mom, Right. right? There were four other people. There was someone always vying for attention, but like, lo and behold, like I, I needed the help. I had stuff to work through, you know? And it was like, I, but I always just got through. And I think so like, I'm the kind of person, again, I didn't even know I needed therapy because it's like, (laughs) oh, I I get through and I'm fine. And people, you know, I'm not sort of flagged as someone to be on somebody's radar that could potentially need help. But to your point, like, I mean, so many people that quote unquote, don't hit those flags, have so much work to do and have so much healing to do that, that this it like therapy is the perfect place for them. Right. It is for anyone and everyone. Yeah. And they're regardless of like where they fall on the spectrum of like needing help. Yeah. It should just be for everyone yeah. because it's there, <laughs> you know, it's like dry bar. Everyone needs to get their hair done. Yeah. Like that's exactly what we think. Um, okay. So I guess I, I mean, I have so many questions, but I feel like it's just, it's it's the perfect place that, you know, if you are in Los Angeles, it's a safe space for you to go where it feels like it feels like an everyday routine, right? That you're going to, it's a beautiful space. It smells wonderful. You have great tea. Like it's, it's, it's just so wonderful. Are you hoping that it's going to franchise to different cities? Yeah. So we think we probably um, do some corporate locations first. So we're, that's kind of on our horizon, which is, you know, where would we open the next one and what would that look like? And then get enough corporate locations, you know, maybe three, four, five or whatever, where um, then we franchise with people who, who's, who so are, wonderful. yeah. So we have to sort of get some doors open and get people in there to experience it and love it and, um, find those franchisees. Yeah. Right? Often franchisees come from actually experiencing, I, I, I went to like Kidville said, and then yeah. I wanted to open a franchise. And so, yeah, we anticipate at franchising because we want to get as many okay humans as possible yeah. and neighborhoods to help as many people yeah. as possible. Um, but yeah, that's kind of to on the horizon. Oh my gosh. Now here's a question for you. What is your mission with mental health from now on forward in your life? 
you know, honestly, I just, just to, to normalize it as much as I freaking can, yeah. because there are so many people who, who can benefit, who have benefited. And I, there's, it's a ripple effect and it really yeah, does absolutely. make a difference. And, and to think of, I mean, I think one benefit I have as a therapist is that I get to sit with a lot of people and I get to hear all the things that, that have, that they've internalized that haven't helped them, right? Whether that, mm-hmm. you know, there's something wrong with them or, um, they're not unlikable or whatever this thing is. And, and I see it from client to client to client right. and I recognize it in myself yeah. and I get the benefit of being like, oh my gosh, I wasn't the only person who felt this way. Oh my gosh, they felt the same way. And I can see how lovable they are. Right. 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 And so I think when we help people and when someone goes to therapy and then they get they get those benefits mm-hmm. and then they extend those to other people it's just this like no one has to be alone like people don't have to suffer yeah. um and it just being informed and knowing like and understanding that you know if someone's acting out that that's not about you and that maybe that there's a way in which you could help them potentially right. um and or helping them could look like you helping yourself right. and having strong boundaries you know just being informed um i think it helps so many people. So my mission is to really just try to normalize the experience yeah. of seeking help so that it's, it's like, no, no one has to have a podcast about it. No one talks about it. It's exactly. like, we just do it. And what would you say to somebody, you know, what would be your first thing that you would say the first step towards, you know, getting the help that they need? Like, you know, why should they come to therapy? Like, what was it for you that inspired you? Was there something that you heard from someone else um, that you can kind of give a little gift to someone out there that might hear it and go, oh my gosh, Christy said that, I'm going to do that. I wish I, I I won't say anything that will, <laughs> that will capture anyone's attention other than I do, I did feel lucky to somehow think just go to therapy, Yeah, you know? Um, and so I, I didn't know much about therapy. I'd only been one other time when mm. my, when I was 13 and my parents were getting divorced and my mom took me. Fun. I love being a child of divorce. It's so fun. <laughs> I know. And it was the most awkward experience yeah. ever, but like extremely awkward. And so I don't know if like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if that sort of set the tone for like, okay, when shit right. goes down, you can like right. reach out. But you know, I mean, it, shit wasn't going down. It just was like, oh, I just felt, I felt like we, ne- we needed another person who wasn't, yeah my husband and I to try to figure this out. Like we weren't getting stuff figured out. Um, so I don't, you know, I, I think the thing that I would advise someone to do is just to, just to be curious about like, you know, what's coming up? Like, what are you feeling something? Does something feel off? It it doesn't have to be major. It can be minor. And like, would it be helpful to get another's perspective or to talk about it or to give yourself the space to think about it? Like Mm -hmm. just thinking can be so powerful. Right. Um, and so there are a lot of options for therapy and there are affordable options and there are new and new things are coming up. There's like psychoeducation, um, options where you can be a member at like a place for a month and pay $30 and kind of get, um, you know, get like lessons, so to mm-hmm. speak on like becoming more aware of like who you are. So there's a lot of ways to, to do it. So I would say start somewhere, start somewhere, um, anywhere, yeah, anywhere, anywhere. just, it, just one little thing is just going to, you're right. It's a ripple effect. Yeah. And so like, listen to a podcast. Like if you just, if you mm-hmm. feel like something's off, like just start to kind of wonder and look into some of that stuff and it can lead you where you need to go. And some people start right in therapy and that works for them. And other people have to maybe work up to it or, or whatever, but just like it, just build this curiosity of like about yourself, what you're thinking, what you're feeling. And, um, and don't like try to make it have too much meaning other than I probably need some space for myself. Yeah. And, and, and because the pressure, that's usually what gets people. I know that's what gets me when I put too much pressure on myself. I'm like, 
Ugh, I give up. It's easier for me to step away than than to keep going. So totally. Yeah. Consistency is key, right? Mm-hmm. Like I do think like whatever, you know, if it's therapy, obviously that's better when it's consistent. Right. And like you show up even when you think you don't have anything to talk about. Mm-hmm. Because lo and behold, <laughs> there's always stuff that emerges. There, listen, yeah. You think that like a lot of it's so funny. I've had a lot of friends that have come on the podcast, like when I did my first season, and I was like, I need guests. And they're like, We're not in the mental health field. I'm like, I don't care, whatever, just sit. And they end up saying more good juicy stuff about their own mental health than they have ever said ever before because there is something that's so wonderful and so comforting about being one-on-one with somebody and just being real mm-hmm. and and it just starts flowing out of you and then that's when the tears come and that's when all the drama comes but it's but it's wonderful you know it's so therapy it's it's therapeutic and it makes you grow to be a more evolved human being and i think that that's what you have to also think of it it's not fixing a problem it's evolving your your consciousness yes i love how you put that a thousand percent there is like there's nothing wrong with anyone like we no. don't need fixed but yeah. we do need time and space and, yeah. and energy and effort put towards like who we are and what do we want to become right. and are we getting there and right. like how can we show up in relationships at, mm-hmm. like and that's work or you know not even romantic but yeah how can we relate and and be loved and yeah. love you yeah. know Okay, I have my final question for you. You have been such a dream guest. I cannot wait for everyone to be listening to this right now. Okay, so Christy, what is your emotional support? My emotional support is, I, I don't I'm like, this isn't a cop-out, it's <laughs> therapy. Yes, like that's it, right. I was like, I died. Yeah, it totally is not a cop-out. It a thousand percent is therapy. It's the thing that I'm committed to. And I get through my week and I keep it together. And I get to the, and I go to therapy and then I look at everything and I talk about everything. And sometimes I'm bawling and sometimes I'm just wondering and, uh, you know, it, but it just is the place that I schedule every week to make sure that I am feeling supported and that I'm in touch and aware of and, um, tending to my emotions. Oh my gosh. Well, you are just a gem. I'm so happy you did that. Please let everyone know how can they find you? How can they find okay humans? Yeah. So we're on Instagram. We have a website. We have an app too. So you can <gasps> oh book my gosh, your sessions. I didn't know that. Yeah, you can book your sessions from our app. So we've tried to make it as easy as possible. Oh you can book gosh. online as well. But yeah, you, we we're on Instagram at okayhumans.com and all the all the great things. So oh my gosh. Well, thank you so much there. for joining. Thank you for having <laughs> me. This is so fun. Thanks so much. <laughs>